if you fundamentally understand that fear is excitement without breathing. Now that's going to sound woo-woo when you first hear it, but to your body physically and anatomically, the dopamine and adrenaline pop that you get from fear and excitement are identical. What is the difference is the breathing mech. When we're fearful and i.e. we're looking at the destination, how am I going to get there? What's it going to be like? What do I need to do? Oh my God. And we're in our wizard brain. We stop breathing. We literally, here's the problem. Your subconscious still is recording. So you're programming yourself in that state that that adventure that you went on now becomes fearful and now it's compounding itself. On this episode of the Introverted Iconoclast, we welcome Dr. Travis Fox, who has taken the old adage that your life is an adventure to a completely different level. From context switching archetypes from one minute to the next, to finally making life fun again, Travis and I explore the art of loving the journey and not just striving for a destination. Travis has some incredible energy and it's contagious. I know you'll enjoy this one. Dr. Travis Fox, great to see you, my friend. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me on the show. I really, I'm looking forward to this. I, I am too. I am too. And and it's funny. We had like a four minute conversation before we jumped on the recording and uh, you already started into some things that I'm like, oh, that's gold, man. We got to save this for the recording when we get into the actual podcast. So uh, I always love these, these where we don't, I don't know the guests at all. Like we literally have this immediate like, Hey, let's just jump in and see how this works. And when there's a really good flow to it, you know, you know, these are going to be good good podcast so i think we already kicked off on an awesome start got it to vc and the the demon demonology associated with that right off the bat which is absolutely true <laughs> the sad part of the, the, well, the demonology right? I've been, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been there myself and i was like oh man this this, this yeah. sucks this uh, i don't, don't want to do that Blah. but i don't totally absolutely you know they're necessary absolutely they're necessary to a point Absolutely. Well, let's do this. Um, for those that aren't familiar with, you know, who you are, maybe the, you know, even the 30 second or, you know, minute long, love to love just little background where you came from, how you kind of gotten where you are. That'll kick off for, for some really good tangential stuff that I think we can get into. Yeah, sure. The, well, I'm 51, so it might take more than a minute, but we'll go. I act 12, so <laughs> we'll, we'll do my best. Yeah. This, right. The snapshot, uh, is I'm the proverbial kid that, you know, my life was all planned out for me and didn't quite go that way. So I right. was born in Phoenix, Arizona, 1970, but immediately whisked off to Japan. And I spent the first mm. four years of my life in Japan. My mother was a model and an actress. My father was a fighter pilot. And so, you know, at the time, you know, auburn hair and green eyes is what they wanted and where we went. So yeah. um, that's how I started to grow up. Came back for a brief stint. My father was this kind of overall athlete, right? He wasn't great at one thing. He was just kind of good at them all. But golf mm -hmm. was kind of his thing. And he put a golf club in my hand when I was in Florida on a stop between Japan. And then we went to Germany for three and a half years mm -hmm. uh, for both of them. Uh, and golf became our way of talking to each other. And I was a natural. To me, it was normal. I was hitting the ball 80 yards when I was off the tee. It just kind of was, I was having fun with it. I, I didn't realize yeah. it was going to become kind of the base plate of A, my relationship with my father, but B, also the base plate of a lot of my doctoral work and how I became who I am. And so long story long, we came back to the United States at you know, roughly nine years old and my childhood ended at that, that time because my parents mm. got divorced and I was an only child. My parents, you know, trying to be more Dr. Spocky, if the, those of you who know who Dr. Spock is from the day. Yeah, um, absolutely. Said, hey, you get, yeah, right. A little dating myself said, uh, yeah, 
well, you get to choose who you live with. You decide. So at nine years old, I was my first real hardcore introduction to, you know, what our reptilian brain does in the, in the fight or flight mechanism and how does it work? Sure. And even though I didn't really understand it, I, I started to get it. But at 13, you know, I was with my father, we were, we were playing golf. And by the time I was just about to scratch golfers, you know, pretty much that space. Everybody knew Travis Fox and PJ Tour golfer, high school yearbook. Wow. Everybody knew it, blah, 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 blah. So it's all planned out. I mean, all summers mm -hmm. where all my friends are playing, I'm on tour playing golf all day long. And I started getting influenced by two things. Dr. Dennis Waitley, um, um, the psychology of winning. And I'll ping that mm -hmm. as a wraparound because it's a hero's journey on that some 40 years later. But mm -hmm. also to P.T. Barnum from uh, Barnum & Bailey Circus were the two big influences on me. And I started really? to look awesome. at how did, yeah, did, did P.T. develop a 110-year legacy when he didn't have the internet and barely had phones for that matter. Right. He didn't have pagers and all this. Thing. How did he do that? You know, and it really became a, a, an influential thing on me. And his whole you know, famous quote was, you know, the most noblest of arts is, is making people happy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. At 51, I'm crystal clear. I don't know how to make people happy, but I damn sure know how to make you have fun. And so fun became kind of this thematic thing for me. But my fun ended uh, at that time when I was uh, 17, rolling 18, because I realized that my relationship with my father was only based on golf. That was all we had. He, had, he was still you know, in the space of the, my, the divorce and hadn't gotten through it. Mm -hmm. I looked like my mom, so do math, right? Military. Helping like mechanism. I need to go any further. Right. Yeah, that's just, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. way more than a coping. I mean, it went to, you mm -hmm. know, you know, it's just never, never good enough, you know, this, that, and the other. I mean, right. At the time, you don't think about it because you're a kid, but Dr. Fox, many years later, went back and was like, oh, look at that. That's interesting. Not a blame game, but just an unwinding. Sure. But at the, I, I became a first time, I became a first time father and it was probably mm -hmm. a subconscious F you to my dad of, I'm not going to play golf because you want me to, I'm going to play mm -hmm. my life the way I want to play it. Right. And from there, you know, my, my life started to fall apart. My career started to fall apart. I couldn't play. I was like, I'm going to college. I'm supposed to be this college athlete. And I'm an idiot. All of a sudden, that which I thought I had mastered just went out the freaking door. And there's no playbook uh, on how to be a parent, uh, at least not that time. And oh, yeah. uh, I went to the psychology department and they wanted me to do like a Freudian and Gestalt model. And I went, well, what the hell does that have to do with my golf? How do I get my head out of my rear end so I can start doing this again? Mm -hmm. And I met my mentor mm -hmm. and my master. And he taught me for 15 years. End up getting uh, two doctorates uh, underneath it, one in psychology wow. and the other in clinical hypnotherapy. And he introduced me to subconscious modalities. He introduced me to the emotional traumatic level. He introduced me to where do we really house our belief structures and how the hell do we actually really transform versus mm -hmm. just do self-help. And 31 years later, now I've traveled the world three times, uh, worked, you know, been in front of over a million people in our career, and I'm an Emmy Award-winning producer, director. I coached on the PGA Tour for 10 years and wow. had a blast doing that. And I've taken what these these principles that I was taught and made them my own with my own part and my partner's influences. Mm -hmm. And we said, well, wait a minute. What if we, what if it's a modeling issue? What if it's a <laughs> sequencing issue? What if the mm -hmm. whole damn thing is just sequencing, right? Right. And it really comes down to a fundamental core thought process that says, Hey, you know, it's mind, body, spirit. Right. Okay. We all hear that statement and we all hear it in social media in plethora. The problem is it's a sequencing issue because if mm -hmm. you start with mind, your dead stick because mm -hmm. mind can't solve itself. I mean, even Einstein said that which creates the problem can't solve it. And so I started really looking at how we approach self-help and how do we approach transformation, leadership development, sales and training, cultural hiring, all are boring ass topics, by the way. I mean, sure. they're as boring as they come. That's right. part of the problem. They're not fun. But two, they're fundamentally and sequentially out of sequence. And so it creates this rebound effect that we commonly call the infinite loop. 
Mm-hmm. Now, most of you would know that is staying awake at night, watching the ceiling fan till three in the morning, playing the what if game. <laughs> and we do that at a cultural level, meaning the company culture. We do it as a culture too, but we also do it at a psychological level, you know, spiritual, emotional, sexual, psychosexual. We do it in those levels because we're trying to solve something from that which created the problem. Mm-hmm. So it was a sequencing issue. Mm-hmm. And it really, the clinical term that you know I really specialize in is called reverse hypnotic thematic learning through synthesiastic movement, which is a really fancy way of saying what if we put the sequencing on, you know, uh, topsy-turvy and we started with a theme? What is the theme? Well, part of what All Realms does, which is our mother company, is we're the human puzzle company. We help you solve the puzzles in the nine realms of humanity. Business happens to be one of them. Your body is another one. Your relationship is another one. Parenting is another one. And so when you start looking at the themes, what is the theme that we all generally got into business for? Well, the theme is freedom. Mm-hmm. That's it. And any way you slice it, I don't care if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an MLMer, if you're a coach, teacher, trainer, facilitator, business operator online, it doesn't matter. You got into it to make X amount of money so that you could go do the crap that you really want to do. Sure. Let's just put it in simplicity. Here's the problem. Most business isn't fun. Right. We make it difficult. So the theme is out of whack. And so we start getting at a war with ourselves. And that became the quest of my life now, 31 years later, of how do we actually do that? And so now for the first time now technology's finally caught up. Right. You know, you have it all in the palm of your hand, but we're the first to have gamified literally all the business principalities and, and skill sets and full gameplay fantasy, but marry the two so that you think it's all fantasy while you're playing the game, but then your reality just changes automatically. And I'm not talking about woo-wooism and, mm-hmm. and law of attraction. If you think it'll fall out of the freaking sky, I'm talking about no fundamental business practices, but you can't learn fundamental business practices mind through mind. Mm-hmm doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. How do I know that? Because everybody went to school for at least through high school. And guess what? You forgot 90% of what you learned in high school Absolutely. anyways, because all you did, yeah, you took a test for tax dollars so that they could keep you know the school open. Beyond that, you didn't learn shit, right? So we're educatedly intelligent, but we're life stupid. And then we get indoctrinated into this other school called the school of hard knocks. Mm-hmm. Some of us never leave that school. And that's the sad travesty of it, which really is the driving passion behind my part and, and the ultimate business quest and body quest and relationship quest is why can't we make it fun? Yeah. I mean, great. The Alan Watts who Alan Watts is someone I just think is you know, an amazing oh, yeah. philosopher. Absolutely amazing. And brilliant, brilliant. Just brilliant. And as you know, that famous quote of life doesn't define death. Death defines life. Life, you know, death is eminent. Life is a choice. And we know that cognitively, we know that in our brain, mm-hmm. but we don't live it. Right. And that became the quest of well, what if we said, let's go on a quest We'll make it fun. It's going to be an adventure. We're going to bring it in a way that you've never seen it before. It's never been done this way before in history that we're aware of. And the way we've done it with technology, it's never been done before because now it's in the palm of your hands. The price point is for everybody to finally have it. So it's not the elite teaching the elite again. Mm -hmm. And guess what? We're going to do it in a way that it it makes it so that it's not so daunting and scary and it's not so uh, logistic and it's not so, well, gee, I'll finally live my life when I get there. What if you never get there, right? And more importantly, we all can do it together. And now more than ever, especially when all the crazy wacko crap that we've all been oh, yeah. through in the last couple of years. I mean, just, yeah. you can't write this in a script. Right. How do we actually get everybody to start having fun again and make business fun again and stop making it so damn competitive mm-hmm. when it can be cooperative? Because when you start cooperating and you actually have cohesion, well, things things really happen. And guess what? Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. So we had to go back and reorg the entire world. We redid the entire thing and spent tons of time and research and money putting together mm-hmm. so that you can have fun and do it based on thematics. Well, yeah. The theme is fun. Yeah. And people go, well, Travis, business, business can't be fun. I'm like, 
Really? Well, says who? No, you're you're 100 right, man. You hit on three things that really got me in in just this what you just said. So so my career, as most people know that listen to to my podcast, is that you know I live a life and my business and my career path is about as close as you get to a movie <clears throat> and fun, dram- dramatics and fear and all the things that come along with that, the adventure that you're sort of alluding to, uh, as you can get, you know, I'm not an IT guy that goes, sets up your windows machine at the, I'm hunting a Russian nation state hacker that's trying to get into a defense contractor in, in, you know, Slovenia. So, you know, I live a really interesting (laughs) life. So to your point, I'm completely on board with your idea that you better find, if, if you got the ideal situation of trying to find something that um, really resonates with you and works and can be fun and can make your life worthwhile rather than this doldrum um, yeah. thing. It's funny, just a little touch point on it. And I'll tell you the other two things I thought were fantastic that you said that are really yeah. relevant. And I'd love to get your thoughts on. I was listening to Jordan Harbinger's interview with um, Dirty Jobs um, host. Guys, name escapes me right now. Um, God, so famous. But he he said something in the beginning of the podcast, which was that, look, if you're trying to find a job that um you like well that's a nice dream it was very negative i mean i don't disagree to some degree about the way he was pursuing it but it goes counter to your your narrative which is no you can take control of your fate you can be a lifestyle design you know uh prime mover um a little bit rather than just being a you know fatefully stuck in this like well you got to do what you got to do to survive i mean that is that's a way to 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 survive. No one wants to survive. People want to thrive. And I think that's the big thing that people miss a lot. And so the second thing you said, which I'd love to get your thoughts on is the time is no better than now with everything that's happened as much as as it's been morbid and terrible. And we've had some very sad situations. There's a fundamental shift that allows people to completely take charge. And I think what you're suggesting is a perfect framework. Um, I, you know, that would be because people need to get out of the, the negative and into positive and fun is the best way to do that. Well, and, and here's the thing, because people go, well, Travis, not everything's fun. I'm like, says who? <laughs> here's, the, here's, the, and here's the burden of proof. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to prove to every single one of your listeners right now that every one of you is already a master in fun. You've just been so busy hypnotizing yourself into some other bullshit that you forgot that you're a yeah. master. So right. let's call it what it is. Okay? So here's the big Dr. Foxism. Mm-hmm. You spent 17 years or 18 years of your life as a master of fun. That would be from zero to 18. Because mm-hmm. what did you do? You were a kid. You were imaginative. You were creative. You knew how to have fun. No one ever, as a matter of fact, that was your number one theme. In fact, school used to piss you off because you couldn't have fun because <laughs> school was boring. So what'd you wait for? Recess, PE, after oh, yeah. school sports, whatever you were into. That was me. So you spent 17 years mastering it, right? Mm-hmm. And then the moment you graduate high school or right before it, you have this cataclysmic, literally shift in your world that says, well, here's the deal, Travis. Now you need to become an adult. You need to figure out what you want to do for a living, what mm-hmm. college you're going to go to, what your major is going to be, how many kids you're going to have. And you're supposed to have your whole life all planned out. Well, I'm a perfect living example that your life planned out as doesn't mean jack squat. No doubt. And it's a stupid way to approach it. <laughs> and yet that's what we're all taught into. So we're taught to master fun, master imagination. If you can conceive it, you can achieve it if you believe it, right? We've yeah. all heard that one too. And then all of a sudden that's thrown out the door into this ideology of you have to be practical. You have to get yep. real. What the hell about you for the last 17 years? Have I been being fake? What are you talking about? <laughs> and so then we get thrust into this other school called the school of hard knocks. Right. Well, here's the problem. You get knocked around. You get your ass kicked. You get stupid. You don't know what you're doing. I mean, we come out of high school. We don't know how to negotiate a lease for an apartment, how to freaking buy a car. We don't even know what the hell stocks and bonds are. I mean, right. the kids nowadays, because of the, the, the pandemic, 
have at least gotten laser focused on what they wanted. God bless them, because that's what school's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. How do you master you so that you can take the adventure of life on head on in a beautiful, fun way, as opposed to we need to shave these edges off of you, Travis. We need you to be sub- subconsciously modeling and conforming and fitted in. Mm-hmm. And wait for it. Become a well-rounded person. Mm-hmm. I don't like well-rounded people. They don't do shit. Right. They roll around and do the same. Why? Because the self-help industry, which I know I've been a part of it for 31 years and I'm guilty and hold myself in contempt of that court (laughs) of, hey, if I have to help you do this over and over and over again, that's not self-help. That's codependency. Right. That's bullshit. Dripism. That's the 1% raping the 99% that we have the information you don't. (laughs) Hogwash. That's not true, but it's a great sales pitch. I know I did it too. And I got really disgusted with myself and Mm -hmm. said, you know, part of what, you know, doctor means, the etymology of the word doctor is an expert. It doesn't mean your authority. It means teacher. Yeah. It's a Latin derived word that means teacher. So if you have the honor of being called the word teacher, then teach, yeah. but don't rate people to teach. The joy is in the teaching. And now more than ever, to your point, it's coming out of this pandemic, pandemic, you know, you've got, you know, 52 million entrepreneurs in the United States. You got 28 million businesses online and offline. You got a half a billion people that consider themselves entrepreneurs in the world. They, you know, those are the people that really make up our GDP. Right. They're the ones that continue to drive. You know, we call it the mom and pops for lack of definition. They make less than a million dollars a year gross rep. Here's the problem. They can't afford to go to a 30, 40, $50,000 high ticket item and pay for John Q, X, Y, or, or you know, Mr. or Mrs. And they, they are the ones that need the skills. Mm-hmm. They need to grow their business because they haven't moved from... Uh, even just having, you know, self-proprietor or entrepreneur, as they call it, they're, they're not even got to a business yet. They certainly haven't got to a brand exactly, because right? they haven't got the scalability. There's a, so they really just have a glorified job that they're married to, that they call themselves the boss and they carry the weight of taking care of other people, which is beautiful. But they're the ones that need the skills. They're the ones that have been hurt the most out of this, this thing that we call this pandemic, right? This time sequencing. And the timing couldn't be better is although we wrote the script, although we didn't. And the ideology was, what if we gave it for everybody and mm-hmm. everybody got to go on an adventure because you already know how to have fun, mm-hmm. but we have to take business and we have to take gamification. We had to marry the two. And that's what took us the longest to do. We right. bought and got it all in an app. It's done for you now, but it makes it so that you're not, things aren't so scary because when the, the clinical term, like I said, is called reverse hypnotic thematic learning through synthesiastic movement, which is a really fancy way of saying, if I put you in a fantasy space mm-hmm. and I, and I had you go into this gameplay, you're immersed into it automatically. And now all of a sudden, from a theme, fun in this particular case, you move into the emotional traumatic level. This is where all that stuff is in our chest. <laughs> then we, mm-hmm. we got to get out. You can call that anger or guilt or resentment or shame or not good enough, not living up, whatever you want to call it. And then it uh, pulls up our subconscious and our subconscious can pull all those things up and we can reorg them in real time without having to go to deep therapy or having to go to woo woo or, Hey, I'm going to go sit on the side of a mountain and shave my head and sing Kumbaya. Although that's fun if you want to do it, sure. but that generally is going to get you where you want to go. Right. Right. It's their own yeah. with that. I've done it too. Yeah. I've been woo woo, but woo woo, even though that can also become an extremism where we sure. can become more woo woo than we become intense and stress. And what if you did it in a way where then your conscious mind now has got orders from inside out, from the king and queen that you really are on the inside, mm-hmm. not taking orders from the outside and then having to f- figure out and decipher what's real for you and what's not. Mm-hmm. And so it changes the entire model. And to our knowledge and what we've been told by all the experts around, around the company, uh, 
we're the first of our kind to do it. Mm-hmm. We're the first of our kind to actually pull it off because it is real reality and real business practicum and, and practical applications, but it's married with fantasy gameplay. Mm-hmm. So to you, user, it feels like a game. It right. feels like a fantasy. It feels like you're on a Lord of the Rings quest to go out there and build a billion-dollar company, but all of a sudden, boom, it transfers into your reality. And again, I'm not talking like, like woo-woo art of magic, like all sure. of a sudden it just fell out of the sky. It really does change how you work because we first thing we do is we teach you archetypal symbology. And that changes how you see people, how you change and see all those voices in your head that judge you, kick your own ass, mm-hmm. you know, tell you're not good enough. But you understand, oh, oh, that's my wizard brain talking. Oh, well, once you understand how the wizard archetype works, you can see it and you go, mm-hmm. oh, I've got it now. And then you see what a warrior really means, what a bard means, what a jester means. And then you learn that the balancing of your archetypes is how the ascended king and queen in you emerges. And now we go into this beautiful quest. And this is the challenge I invite everybody on to. Are you willing and ready to go on the quest of a lifetime to rescue your life <laughs> from mediocrity? Yeah. To rescue your life from mediocrity, because mediocrity is the precursor to regret. Regret is death. End of discussion. As the great Alan Watts said, life doesn't define death, it defines life. Death yeah. is eminent, life is a choice. Yeah. So regret is undoable. It's undoable. Right. But there right. is the, it's, well, the hardest part about that is we get so stuck in this school of hard knocks because we're trying to figure shit out. Yeah. We don't know who to trust. We don't know to listen to. We don't have mentorship. We forget that the best thing that was inside of you was you, and you had that as a kid. And the misfit. You know, I'm a dork, I'm a geek, I'm a total knucklehead, I admit it, right? But I too, coming out of, you know, film and television, growing up with a mother in that space, being a producer, director myself as well, you try to fit in with the cool kids, whatever the hell that actually means. Because even the cool kids are trying to fit in with the cool kids, Absolutely. but we're all trying to do it. Yep. And you finally go, fitting into what? What right. am I fitting into? Right. Because I'm a dork, geek, I'm a, I'm a knucklehead, I'm a laugh, I'm, I'm a 51-year-old adolescent who's lived life backwards. Right. Sure. I was responsible as a beginning. Now, now my, my, my kids are all grown and I'm like, okay, so let's, let's live life backwards. Yeah. So I'm getting younger, even though chronologically my, my age says this, but I'm, I'm the best shape I've ever been in my life. Happier than I've ever been. I have more fun with my partners. I get to be amazing people like you. And I work with millions of people around the world, changing their businesses, and their life through a thing we call the BPR business, personal relationship. And it's the spine of what makes the quest work mm-hmm. because no matter what, if you're an entrepreneur, your business, your, your body is suffering because you don't take care of you. Your relationship is suffering. Right. And yep. so now what happens is this beautiful balance goes like mm-hmm. that and your ship sinks. Your business goes down. Your relationship breaks up or a divorce. Or guess what? Your body starts having health issues. My father's a perfect example of that. And I'll give that later. But the whole point is and we, we have so been conditioned that balance means boring. Right. No. Right. Yeah. It's people not. People conflate balance with mediocrity. That's the other problem too. Unbelievable. Right. And complacency. Yes. None of which is true. Balance means I'm taking aspects of my life. My business says my business is fun, but you know what? I'm not going to work 18 hours. A right. Day. You may at times. I get it. I've done sure. it too. Sure. You're going to say, you know what? I'm going to take a two hour walk. I'm going to go talk to the rocks. I'm going to go sit on the forest. I'm going to climb a mountain. Whatever you're going to surf. I'm a surf mm-hmm. kid myself. Mm-hmm. Right. You're going to do that. And it's okay to do that because you get out and you understand that your wizard brain is going to constantly find the flaw in everything that you're doing because that's right. what brains do. Yep. You understand that your wizard talking, you can shift your own archetype because the ideology in the days of that you are the single entity. This is Travis. This is who Travis is. And that's mm-hmm. what all the personality typing tests going all the way back into the day said, well, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. That's not who you are. That's who you were when you took the test. That doesn't <laughs> well, mean that's, that's who you are. Yeah. Right. Yes. You were at that it's moment. Constantly and, you know, evolving. Later, minute, another, minute. Yep. 
Exactly. Right. It's like being a 12 exactly. year old thinking you're going to like the same music you like at 12 as you will when you're 25 or 35 or 45. It, it, you change. You're a completely different being. Or, you know, what am I? I'm attracted to blondes when I'm, you know, I'm attracted to brunettes. <laughs> you change things. Right. right? Yeah. And so, what if we approached it from that perspective and said, hey, guys, here's the deal. There is no such thing as you are this. Mm-hmm. You are all of these things. And spirituality has tried to say, you know, you are everything and nothing. And it's really taking these big ethereal concepts of, you know, our brain doesn't like to wrap around very sure. much because they're really big. They're ephemeral. Right? The theory of one is an yeah. example. Right. Just mm-hmm. way out there. And I've done it too. Don't get me wrong. I've explored them to the nines as a part of my work. But also, what if we said, wait a minute, exploring you is the adventure. Mm-hmm. We, took, we know science and physics have said that, you know, our body is, if you boil it down, is space. It's a right. bunch of things coagulated in space. You know, space is that way. Not, the universe is that way. Well, so too is your personality parts and your types and your balance of who you are in your kingdom. Sometimes you are a warrior. And when you understand what warrior means, it doesn't mean fight. It doesn't mean being an asshole. It's warrior's heart. Mm-hmm. It's the heart of your castle. It makes the heart, you know, the castle beat. You know, sometimes you're a wizard. Sometimes you're a bard. Sometimes you're a jester. And there's 64 different archetypes within the entire quest system. But you get to explore you. And you get to explore you with different frames. So, for example, in our conversation, you know what? I could be a wizard. I could be a bard. I could be, and I'll be all of those with you because the balance is it moves from moment to moment. And now we have fluidity. Mm-hmm. And now it brings us back to the age old one, you know, that old nursery rhyme that says, uh, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, merrily, merrily life is but a dream. Nothing can be more true than in those couple of sentences. Right. And we think we do, it's an Oculus nursery rhyme, but if you really listen to it, there's some powerful, powerful wisdom. Row, row, row your boat. Well, what does row your boat mean? Well, sometimes you're going to do it with a warrior. God dang, I'm going to get to this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to grind. I'm going to work it. I'm going to get my ass in the gym. I'm going to do I work this thing. I can get to stay up to midnight. You know, sometimes you're going to row with a wizard. You're going to be precise. we got to row here. we got to get through the navigation of the rocks. i got to see an exact mm-hmm. plat, a path, a funnel. Or sometimes you're going to bark. I'm just rowing down the thing, just whistling, talking to people on shore. What's going on, people? Having fun. And sometimes you're just letting the current take you. And you're right. not rowing a damn thing. Yeah. And you're all of those things. And so right. the true quest becomes, are you willing to go on a quest to rescue your, you know, your heart from mediocrity and your life from mediocrity so you know your passion, you know your purpose, you have a clear vision, you're on a mission, and you're going to leave a legacy, no different than a castle, because it's a metaphor, leave a castle and a legacy behind that was the story and the adventure of your life. Mm-hmm. That's really what the quest is about. Right. No, that's fantastic, man. I think that's a, it's a beautiful way to approach it. And I'll tell you, you sound like you're absolutely teed up perfectly for the millennial generation that is zeroed in on video gaming and the way they see how they archetype themselves in these environments. Right. It's fascinating to see that happen. So I think you got, you've nailed it. That's a really good approach. Thank you, man. Well, yeah. And thank you. And you know, I was really frustrated because I, I'm, uh, I'm a neurotypical parent and I'm also a special needs parent. So mm-hmm. I have a fully you know, neurotypical Captain America son, you know, who's got a master's degree from USC. He's got a law degree from Georgetown. He's a special forces for tours kid, an amazing soul. I'm like, did I parent this guy? How did I? Wow. I did. Shit. I right. That's, that's great. I, yeah. know, I did it. But that's awesome. On the other end, my youngest son is fully autistic. They both went to the same high school educational system and both came out with the exact same response 17 years apart. I didn't learn a damn thing. I said, so wait a minute, we just went through 17 years of education and you didn't learn anything. And so as it comes to that comment, and this is not a comment to my teachers out there. Teachers are, to me, the most underpaid, undervalued people on our planet, much less here in the United States. We treat them like they are second-class citizens. I'm like, they're the ones that make our next generation happen, boys and girls. Maybe we ought to really reward what's interesting. Right. But we'll get to that. But because of all of the legislational bullshit and the Mm -hmm. titanic crap that we put on them, 
we have made the educational system not learn. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. It's completely broken. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. Whatever's on the other side of broken is where it lives. And I mean, I don't know where that is, but right. you know, we come out education intelligent, but life's stupid. Right. And to the best thing that I've seen happen through the pandemic, and I think you would agree, is that these kids have been, you know, socially maladaptive because they've been isolated, obviously. Sure. But they've also then gotten very laser focused. Right. So we finally started to break down this I this concept of you need to be a well-rounded person. Well-rounded person are boring. Yeah. They do the same shit over and over again. They don't really know anything about anything. They're the jack of all trades and the master of none. Mm-hmm. The people who have always been successful in the BPR of their lives, business, personal relationship. And that's from bodybuilding to business building to relationships right. is laser focused. They're a master at what they do. And they focus everything on that mastership until that mastership is in their full bailiwick. We don't do that anymore. And the quest is all about that. The quest is like, wait a minute, you already are a master. Mm-hmm. The misfit in you that you have stuffed down it is the mastership in you. But you have been so busy trying to fit in for the school of hard knocks to figure out how to be a damn adult that you forgot that it's supposed to be fun. Right. Because if it's not, you ain't going to do it. I don't care who you are. You yeah. ain't going to do it. Yeah. I don't care if you have to. Give me that grind shit that I see on social media. You got to get up a grind. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. You're not going to do it. You know, I know it because every freaking year, every one of us goes out and does these dumb New Year's resolutions. <laughs> about 10 days later, it's same crap. So yep. don't tell me. I'm, I'm, I'm in human dynamics. I've been in it for three decades. I'm not saying I know everything, but I've traveled the world three times and I've been in front of over a million people. And I've, there's some common themes in humanity. And one of them is if we're not having fun, like we spent 17 years, the first part of our life mastering, mm-hmm. we won't do it. Right. And then we wonder why change is so difficult, why going to the gym and getting our body mastered. Because again, one of the things that I've, and I did this too, and it really became my quest because uh, our CEO, you know, she's a full-time bodybuilder. You can see some of the, the awards behind me. She's a full-time bodybuilder, wow. full-time CEO of this company. She's got to deal with, you know, 65 of us. That includes me too. Right. right? She's a mom of two. She's a sex traffic survivor. She was wow. one of the youngest drag racers as a female when she was 16 years old. And she's done all of that. And how did she do it? She mastered being physically uh, over her body. You know, like Tom Twilliger, you know, who is one of our uh, one of our partners inside the Body Quest. But he says it's about body rapport, right. about knowing what my body's doing, why this muscle is doing it. Because we don't, we, when we're young, what do we do? We have recess and PE. Mm-hmm. So our body's moving. We don't really pay attention to it. As soon as we graduate, yeah. that kind of takes off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we go, well, I got to be in my business. I got to be successful. I got to do this and that. And I'm like, that's great. Then your body gets out of whack, but your body's what drives your business. Then your relationships got out of whack. Well, your body participates sexually, psychosexually, physically, all of that, that energy and information recharging starts to fail right? because we're so out of balance on our BPR. So part of balance doesn't mean complacency. Balancing means experiencing all at the exact same time. So now instead of saying, I'm only going to go on vacation for my two weeks of the year and I'm going to recharge. No, you're not. You're going to do the same stupid crap because it's going to take you four days of your first vacation just to decompress. No doubt about it. Then you're going to go. Yeah, right. You're going to go to a rest mode. What are you going to do? You're going to eat, drink and be merry, whatever that means to you. And then you're right back at it. Mm -hmm. But that's not recharging. That's not re-experiencing it. What if you could do that every single day? Your company culture was based on fun. Your hiring and firing was based on the archetypials that we teach and have fun doing it and save yourself about $30,000 per employee on the higher fire side. And moreover, increase your sales because within one or two questions, we can teach you profiling, not from a, this is who they are. This is who they are right now. Yeah. And I know how to talk in that space. And then I can help them move and evolve in their customer client service space. That makes it fun. Yeah. And if it's not a game, we ain't going to do it. So we're not going to do it. So 
going to do it. Travis, how do you like, so this sounds like this thing should be pretty viral. Uh, she used the pun there, but you know, this is, this is one of those things that you'd expect some organization that's, that's embraced this and run with it and pay, maybe even built their firms on these foundations. Like they didn't even have one before they started your, your quest. How does this right. translate into their customer base? Does the customer base essentially get indoctrinated into this idea and this belief? And then they start to, the, I, I use this in a positive sense, which we haven't heard very, very often, but this contagion factor of goodness, like, does this move through, does it one lead to Absolutely. the next? Okay. Very cool. Yeah, it really does. And here's why. When the first thing you do the the quest is of course is how are you going to take your adventure? Mm -hmm. How do you choose to show up? So first thing you're going to do is the when you open up the app, it's going to come on. It has a cool little animation. All you go through it yourself. It's fun, mm -hmm. and it's going to say, okay, now we're going to figure out how you're going to play the game. Mm -hmm. And by your own subconscious, you're going to answer the questions. Quick ten questions. You're going to answer it, and you're going to go, oh, because most of us think we're a warrior. Or da da da. Right. Who we really are, who we think we are, tends to be an ocean apart. Right. Sure. Again, there's. Just right. So it shows up and says, okay, guess what? Hey, Travis, you know what? You're showing up as a wizard. You're going to play the game as a wizard. That's how you start the game. Mm -hmm. That's not how you finish the game. Mm -hmm. That's how you start. And then we walk you through of what does it mean to be a wizard? Business and relationship, personal. How does the warrior, the wizard think? And this is based on over 20 years of research of working with at-risk youth mm -hmm. and a residential center, the number one residential space in over 10 years. It was number one. And here's why. At-risk youth are the ones that we throw away. We're the ones that are, you know, they're sex trafficking, they've yeah. been pornography, they've been drugs, cutting, you name it, bulimia. And they're thrown over to these other schools where we just don't want to look at them. Sure. But that's, if you can help them come back from beyond that risk and come back, mm -hmm. then you can help people that are in the quote-unquote neurosis space. And that's how we really started putting all these things together. We said, well, wait a minute. It should be here for customer service, but you're, you're like your sales team and your customer service team. They all know who they are because they've done their own archetypals and we've played it. The company culture is built on it well. Mm -hmm. So we know where the warriors are. We know the wizards and the bards and jesters in the company. And they all have their mastership and there's a time for them to shine. And when they do, everybody goes, hey, that's the bard's time. Go get them. Mm -hmm. We're all behind you. Mm -hmm. And it moves like the Greek, the Greek phalanx. But yes, when you're talking to your customers, you literally can ask a question. So here's what we'll, we'll have on with you. And I'll say, okay, why'd you buy your last car? What made you buy it? Um, the very last one I bought because of utility, <laughs> I, the, the one prior was for fun. It was a toy. Okay. So you've got two of the things going on there. You've got one that says the warrior says, I want a car that's cool. It's fun. It helps me get to work and I get it done. Right. The utility, the utility side will probably fall into more of the wizard. Hey, right. This is efficient. I need to get there. It's electric or it gets better gas mileage. Sure. The more analytical. Now, when you hear that, you go, what the hell does that have to do with business? That's exactly oh. how your customers are going to approach you. Sure. And so if you start a conversational point as opposed to, well, gee, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. Really? That's the worst answer you could say to anybody. Oh, no right? How can I help you? Right? Let's engage. Because customer service is exactly what it sounds like. Customer service. I'm servicing the customer at the level that they feel heard, they feel understood, and they want to be a part of your organization. And better yet, they'll tell other people for you mm -hmm. what we call organic traffic best you could ever find. And so it translates from your sales team. So your sales team knows how to sell without selling because we understand the personality that's showing up at that time. And I'm not talking about like a Myers-Briggs movement right, or a disc system right. or a I'm talking about, oh, because it's fun. And yep. so what it allows us to do is start moving through ourselves mm -hmm. because you're not showing up every day the same way. Sure. Everyone says like, that's, well, that's an absolute self-hypnotic lie <laughs> that you're showing up the same way. Right. If you're if you're that good at hypnotizing yourself, knock yourself out, and then wonder why your results are the same. Right. But you the gym, as an example, working out, however you define that, the mm -hmm. ultimate body quest is an example. And the reason what you know part of what Michelle has done as our CEO is 
because we have an entire supplement line too. People are like, well, wait a minute, you're in gaming and tech and you have a supplement line? I'm like, yes, because your body is the key theme through the entire experience. Mm-hmm. There's no personal relationship. Your body still lives in all three of those experiences. And if we feel mastership or at least partial mastership in the physical body, it's something we can control and intently focus on and start to develop. Well, how do I feel? Why am I focused on this muscle versus this muscle? And how do I create that focus in something that I can tangibly control? And that translates to your business. Then it translates to your relationship and then mm-hmm. translate. And you start to see brands, uh, a brand theme, a brand centric where, oh, I understand. I'm exploring me through all these different realms. Right. I am the constant in all those realms, but I'm exploring different parts of me. And now we get the right and wrong theme gets out. I'm not good enough. Good enough goes out unrealized potential potential goes out because now it moves into adventure. When you're on adventure, you're not quantifying and qualifying your reasonings for doing your experiencing. Sure. Now we've all heard from psychology and, and great philosophers that being present is the key to the great life. But reality check is most of us don't have a damn clue what being present really means or even how to arrive at that state. Right. Right. And it's an internal state internal process. We think it's something that happens to us. So, for example, like P.T. Barnum, who had a big influence on me, you know, the most noblest of art is making people happy. Well, shit, I spent 20 years trying to figure out how the hell do you actually achieve happiness? Mm-hmm. And I find more often not it's a happenstance, mm-hmm. meaning that something happens externally and I react through my happiness, but I'm not in a happy state. Right. right? Fun is something you can quantifiably control internally or externally, no matter if, let's say you have a, a confrontation, you need conflict resolution. Your first question you ask yourself is, well, how do I make this fun? Mm-hmm. Right. Lighten it. Listen. Yeah. How do I make it fun? Mm-hmm. Right. As opposed to, well, you and I got to go through this negotiation. We got a dick measuring and do that was alpha male and all this other crap, mm-hmm. which doesn't solve things 99% of the time. We're going through it right now at the time of this recording on a global scale yeah. over in Europe. Right. Right. It's got the crap. It's we're right. Human dynamics. And human nature hasn't fundamentally changed thematically in six centuries. Sure. So we know we've got a lot of data to work with. What we don't have is a sequence or a blueprint or an adventure that activates mm-hmm. all of these things that are available with us. And that's how it starts to translate. Yeah. And then when you go through your top seven fears, which we take you through, public speaking, fear of success, fear of failure, you fail of, of hypochondria. When you start looking at these basic fears, people go, well, I don't know how to conquer my fear of failure. I've found in my career, and I'm just going to talk for Travis only, that most of the people I've ever worked with, fear of failure isn't the issue. You're a freaking master at failure. In mm-hmm. fact, you're so damn good at it. You expect it. Here's the proof. You hope for the best, but you plan for the worst. Exactly. You know? Right. So your conscious intention is I'm hoping. That's my, my I'm going to get over my fear this time. But down at the subcon and the emotional traumatic level, you're already there. You're prepared for it to go. See, I knew it was going to fail. It was total BS mm-hmm. or it didn't really real already set yourself up for it and you're prepared for it. So fear of failure is more often masking the real fear of success. And why? It's not because we're really afraid of who we can really be. It's because we have been so busy hypnotizing ourselves to believe that we're not anything but mediocre, Mm -hmm. that success is never achievable. I'm like, well, success is also a slippery slope defined. What does success mean? So success starts with you are already abundant. And by the way, I'm a huge critic of this law of abundance thing. And I Mm -hmm. can speak about it. I was one of the co-producers of the sequel of The Secret, Beyond Mm -hmm. the Secret. I was in the movie. I am the black sheep when it comes to this. And here's why. You're already abundant. And I'm not being woo-woo. I'm being true. You Mm -hmm. have more wealth in fun Mm -hmm. 
than you could ever possibly spend in this entire lifetime. You could literally spend your entire life having fun, doing amazing things, business, personal relationship, parenting, if you knew how to activate it. The problem is you've been spending every day since the day you graduated high school, not in fun. You weren't allowed to have it. You had to grow up. You had to be an adult. You had to be responsible. I'm like, I have no, I have no frame of reference on how to do that shit. Yeah. So I got to go to the school hard knocks. It might take me 20 years to figure it out. And then guess what? Oh my God, Kareem, I've got a, I've got a midlife crisis. Yep. Yep. Oh shit. No, right? you know, you said, now I'm a star- you're so right. So there's something that's interesting. I brought this up in one of my, um, I did an evolution of my career podcast. There was a whole series, about four of them. And in, uh, in the last one, I talk about how, you know, I sold my first company and that pursuit of that company was this classic drive to win thing we talked you just talked about right which is the destination is going to be amazing when i get there things will be great kind of thing we all know that one right we've all been there whether it's your first or your third or however long it takes you to learn that that's actually not the way it works luckily with me right now so you know here i am at the helm of this company i've got now uh absolutely you know do you want it to win i'm not trying to be silly here and claim that i i don't have a an interest in seeing it succeed. That's not it. But what you said, which resonates really, really well with me, and I think a lot of the people are going to be listening, is that I've figured out that it's the experience. Now you're saying, what I love is that I'm transposing the word fun into my world is, well, what I've been telling my wife and my friends is that, well, this time around, I'm actually going to reduce down what I actually have. I'm not going to gain more junk. I'm not going to, you asked me about the cars. I'm not going to buy another toy car that I it's just not, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't, it, it, it gave me a, a momentary rush. And then it was kind of like, Oh, that's going to take up space and it costs money and whatever. Now I want the experience. I want to go do things. I want to see things. I want to have fun, quite frankly. Yeah. And, well, I'm with you. Yeah. And it's funny because it's, it's, yeah. and that's actually making the pursuit of the goal better. So I think to, to validate your point, I came about this completely organically without the structure that you've that you're delivering to your to your your customers but or clients but I couldn't agree more because right now the most important thing is making good use of my time my family's time I want the the I want the experience and the memories and the the like the look forward to the, the adventure again to your point and people forget that like my the young employees in my company that you know are have stock I try to tell them like look guys you know I know it's really it's exhilarating and you have all these delusions of, of some grandeur about what will transpire when this wins. But I will tell you, if you could leapfrog just a little bit and realize that that those things you're going to buy and all the garbage you're going to collect, the fate, the, the fight club mentality of the things that you own, own you, that's a real thing. That is a real thing. That's true. So oh, uh, my twenties were consumed with that. Right. Right. All consumed with it. Yeah. Houses and cars and status and cloud. And even more so now your wealth is defined in how many followers you have. Yeah. The social cred piece. It's really? crazy. Yeah. Yes. What? And here's the challenge. And I, I love that. And I honor that you said that because I'm very much like you. Mm-hmm. My, you know, my ex-wife and I built our first company. We were great. We're two kids having kids didn't have a damn clue. Or <laughs> we came by it organically. Yes. I had all my, you know, obviously my, my, my second background training and all that, but sure. still you can know something and not know it. Of course. And I knew it, but didn't know. It. Yeah. Right. I was Dr. Fox playing a role in my own life. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. Dr. Fox is a, is a character. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a TV character. He's, he's on television. He's on film. I, you know, I dress the part. I look the part and I'm like, I don't even look and act like half the people don't even know I am a doctor. I'm like, good. Don't. Cause it doesn't mean <laughs> shit. It's just two letters in front of me after my name. Right. And you know, when you find out the etymology of the word, then you know, my, the adventure is, yeah. can I become a, can I be worthy of the title teacher? Right. That's a great title to me, more interesting than doctor. And I'm not belittling the medical experience that all other doctors no, go through. Understood. Just don't get caught up in it. 
but you're absolutely right. Cause I did the same thing, bought the cars, had the houses, had the finals and I got to the, and I analogize it to an experience I had just, uh, let's see, we'll call it three years ago mm-hmm. when we do the, we do the ultimate, uh, uh, quest trips and they're more bucket list trips. And so I'll, Hey, let's go spend time at a resort and eat and drink and do the same sure. mastermind crap. No respect. Who cares? These are true bucket list experiences. Like we live with the Maasai tribe for three days mm. as a Maasai That's in really Africa cool. and Tanzania. We, we camped out in the Serengeti where, Hey, by the way, if the animal wants to kill you, you're going to die. Right. That's life. Yep. That that's an adventure. And believe me, you're present when there's, you know, a, a water Buffalo sitting right outside your little thin bale of a tent. You think you've got safety. I'm like that water Buffalo wants to run through. You're dead. Yeah. They're a violent creature. They're very territorial. It's not the lions you have to worry about. It's the damn hippopotamuses. <laughs> they, they're violent. Yeah. They're the crap out of you. And you know, I, I was invited and I'm, I'm an ocean kid. I'm a water guy. Mm-hmm. That's how I heal. That's why I loved it. That's my comfort place. And my buddy turns to me and he says, hey, Trav, you know, we should go climb Kilimanjaro. And before I could wizard myself out of it with some bullshit mm-hmm. excuse, I went, yeah, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. And about 20 minutes later, I was like, are you out of your mind? You're, you're not a mountain guy. You don't even like snow. What the yeah. hell's wrong with you? But change that adventure that the, I, ended, I ended up summoning. I did uh, summon it in six days. And I never had altitude sickness I, and I never um, used any drugs. And then when I got there, there's some very profound things like you were just talking about a moment ago. That experience has stayed with me so prolifically and mm-hmm. changed my life so much. And I've told the story thousands of times and I've discovered several things. One, I realized that when I got to the top, the top wasn't the top. The top is halfway. Mm. You still got to get your ass back down. Yeah. They don't tell you that when you're in reading the brochure. Right. And they, they also don't tell you that going down sucks. It's painful twice as much as going up. Right. In fact, it's a harder journey on the coming down part because now you got to get down off the mountain or you die. You just can't stay up there forever. It's just, you know, you're not designed to be at 19,000 feet. Sure. You know, although humans do it, you're just not, especially if you're not trained for it. And I wasn't, by the way. I was not trained at all. I was just uh, impetuous and just went for it. Yeah. But also, too, I realized when you got, I got to the top, it was just my buddy and I. Right. And that I couldn't tell anybody the story. No matter how many times I tell the story, there's no relationship to it because there's no experiential relationship to it. And that was when the thematic started to really take hold of, wait a minute. Yes, it was a fun adventure. And yes, it changed my life prolifically. And, you know, Queen Kilimanjaro, she's been around for a billion years. She ain't going to move. Yeah. It's you or her and she's going to So you want to butt your head against the rocks? You lose. Sure. She's not going to, she's not going to lose. She's just going to hold you out. And so it it grinds out of you some of these things that you hold on to. And it it was a very prolific, again, immersion experience like we do in the quest. And it changed my life. But that experience, like you said a moment ago, to me is infinitely more valuable Mm -hmm. in every aspect of my being than another Bentley or a Rolls Royce, this car. And I know that all you young uh, men and women out there going, yeah, but Travis, you know, you had it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, I have. And guess what? He just said it. I just said it. Anybody who's been there said it's a car. It just means it costs more to change the oil, more to change the tires because it's a threshold thing. That's all. What I found when I got there and I had all of those things, it was one, I was lonely. Mm-hmm. Two, I was behind the gates and I started to isolate myself more and more because I, you know, people were looking at me just from a money perspective. I'm right. Like, right. Far more interesting than money. Right. But also two, I didn't like when I showed up at the valet and all of a sudden now I was Dr. Fox and I was treated different because of my car. Right. And so I did a social experiment. I would show up in, you know, not a toy car. We'll just classify yeah. it as that. We're right. calling it a common car. And it didn't get the same response. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why? What's different? The car doesn't mean squat. If you've ever watched like, you know, any of the, like the walking dead or any kind of the zombie movies, mm-hmm. you know, 
that car won't work equally as well as any other car. They're both out of gas. They don't have oil. There's no air in the tires. Who gives a shit? It doesn't work. But we chase those things in an experience that it's going to then, as you so eloquently said, an experience. I did the same in my in our second deal when I was like, okay, I've, I've arrived. I've made it. Yay, I'm at the top of the mountain. I'm like, right. I'm bored out of my mind. Yes. yes, exactly. I am absolutely bored out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And I went, and I know that sounds terrible because people are like, yeah, well, it's easy for you to say, Travis, you've been there. Yeah, but I also took myself out of there because I did change my life. Because after Kilimanjaro, I said, I'm done. I said, yeah. I'm changing my life going after everything that I want. I'm diving in the dungeon of my castle. I'm pulling all these things out that I want to go experience because if I don't experience, the only person I screw over is myself. And I know every one of you listening to the show knows that, but knowing something and being doing something are radically different. And oh. that's where mediocrity is the subtle, silent killer of your life. Right. It kills your business, it kills your relationship. It kills your body, it kills your parenting style. It kills everything about it. Because mediocrity doesn't mean you have to be the best. Mm-hmm. That's not what it means. Mediocrity or the anti-mediocrity means you're willing to have fun in everything that you do and, and experience it because that's what we sit around campfires and talk about. Yo, bro, I went to Kilimanjaro. I caught this massive 30-foot wave or, you know, what? we had a great exit. Mm-hmm. That's what we tell. We don't go, yo, I went and bought a Bentley or I bought a Rolls Royce right. or I bought a Lamborghini. That's what you do when you're trying to, you know, edify yourself and value systems. And we all do it. There's nothing wrong with it. Sure. Just understand not going to ultimately satisfy a legacy yeah you can't hang you hand a car off to someone and go this is your legacy who gives a shit right no you you're right. hand me downs that's and- not a legacy a legacy is is it about people right is it about change is it about exploration or space exploration or deep water exploration is it about rescuing our planet from the stupid shit we do with plastic yeah what is the legacy of you mm-hmm. and that's the castle and that's what the quest really becomes but it has to become this this trident Mm-hmm. between the business the personal and the relationship yeah and the personal what we have found is we found a way and and tom twilliger who's uh, part of the company and you know mr america i mean this guy's amazing story I mean, amazing guy at 63 is in better shape than you and i combined unbelievable wow. human being but it's about body rapport and you know being able to work out efficiently and learn discipline of my body in 45 minutes in the gym and then boom come out shift gears in my archetypes and now I'm in, I can go in my business, boom, shift gears. And now I can go to yeah. you know arcade with my kids, shift gears. And now I'm going to go on a romantic dinner mm-hmm. with my significant other, but I'm exploring me while I'm doing it. And every single thing is always about making it fun because if I'm in the theme of fun, you're right. Now it's experiential. Sure. And when you're having fun, it's infectious. And I love that you said viral, by the way, I received that. I think it was awesome. I was like, Oh, that's really cool, man. Mm-hmm. And perfect to come from you. I mean, I keep brilliance. <laughs> No, right. no, I appreciate. And I'm not the guy yeah. in our family. Our family here at Quest. That's that's Michelle. She's our CEO. She's a coder. She speaks your language. Sure. You guys be super sure. wizard out. Yeah, I'm, man. I'm more the you know. I'm more the bard. Well, no, no, I'm that's they're going. You know, that's and that's so critical right. because you know, and it's something. It's funny. I was my kids the other day were watching me because I I had a suit on. This is I'm in Maui now, as I think I told you. You know, and and life here is board shorts and flip flops, and and you know everyone looks the same. Absolutely. Whether it's whether it's uh you know Willie Nelson or Woody Harrelson down on the street in Paia, you know, next to me. You know, we're all in line to get the same gelato. No one really cares. Exactly where you're going too. Yeah. Right. Get, and, I know exactly that, right? It's, it's funny because the, so back to your the archetypes and, and the context switching you were referring to, which is shift out and go into this. Because if you don't, then you're forever stuck. So I had a, I had a suit on because, and my kids joke, we joke, my, we call it the bat suit, right? Because I go and I got up this persona for the public you know, experience that I've got to present to the world, whether it's a press interview about the situation in Europe or it's a government meeting over Zoom where, you know, I have to have a tie on. I can't exactly be showing up like I am right now. 
you know, and, but my persona associated with that individual does, um, come out. So I'm sure this is part of your, I'm sure it's part, part and parcel to your training that you do, or some of the guidance that you provide. And it's interesting because my kids are like, dad, why were you so different on that call than you are when you're normally like, you know, and I'm like, because I was in right. that mode. Now I That's leave right. that mode to go to this other mode. So I think that these archetypes you're referring to, and we all do it. So what's really cool about what you're talking about is, I mean, if people are listening to this going, oh man, I'm gonna have to learn all. It's like you said it in the very beginning of the conversation, you've already done it. you everyone does this. Yeah. You've sort of just formulated a nice framework for this to be able to be delivered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what we did is, you know, Aaron, uh, Aaron Huey, who is actually the, the founder of the archetypes within the company, mm. I'm, I'm more on the architectural side. I'm more the clinical labar and structure, and this is how we put it together. And then right. it's wrapped in archetype fantasy play. Because mm-hmm. if I don't put you in the fantasy play, it's learning. Right. Right. We, right. It's education. And education doesn't work. Yeah. Learning is what works, yeah. you know, and we can, we can heal that back to mentor, apprentice, mentor, apprentice, which mm-hmm. has been the way we yeah. learned the guild about the last five seconds. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. And we shifted to, you know, in late 1800s into this educational system, which is really more of a militaristic operation. That's what it was originally designed. Sure. For. How do we get, pull the towns together to go, you know, defend the realm, whatever mm-hmm. that, you know, the Lord, Lord, mm-hmm. and it's kind of stayed that way. And how do you know? Cause we all sit in rows. We right. all had to walk in line. You can raise your hand to talk. It's the same militaristic training of conformity. Mm-hmm. And I get it from scale for our teachers, but it's an archaic system. Yeah. It doesn't work. Anymore yeah. You can't get are. into specifics. So what, you can't get artisans out of that. Yeah. Yeah, you're well-rounded. So we got a bunch of well-rounded conform, you know, mm-hmm. serfs. Right. So Lord, that are just at the, well, the will of whomever. Yeah. And so you're right. It's not showing up. And I, and I, and I want to be crystal clear to listeners, what we're talking about here, you know, whether it's the suit or whether you're going to surfing, mm-hmm. it's not fake until you make it or no. presenting an act. Absolutely That's right. That's not what we're talking about. It's total bullshit. No, it's the and tool, by the way, why the, would you want tool for the trade, right? It's the, it's the, yeah, right. right. The weapon and it's for the, also you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. It's the it's you mirroring and matching what you're creating in your life. So when I go into the gym, there are times like this morning, I was working out with our, one of our trainers and I said, look, I need you to push me because I'm I'm in a space where I'm I'm critically analytical because I just come out of a, a, a board meeting. Yeah. So my brain's in thought process. Yeah. But in the gym, I need to be physically pushing in that space so that I get my heart exercise moving. Mm-hmm. I said, I need you to push me. Yeah. And you know, there's a myriad of ways that he pushes, but being able to say, Hey, look, this is where I notice I'm in my own head. Can you help me do this? Or, Hey, I need to activate this passion. But you, if you're doing it in a way where it's group, it's not, Oh, I feel vulnerable or I feel weak right. or I feel not good enough. It's like, no, I know right now, bro, you're in your warrior mode. I need, I need your heart. I need your passion. I need that. Can you, can you help me activate mine? Mm-hmm. And also now we're working together. And it goes all the way back to the Greek phalanx. It is the most militaristically simple Absolutely. thing on the planet yet effective yep. because it is, I'm a master. You're a master. You cover me. I cover you. And we're not looking at each other competitively. We're all looking at the target. We're looking at the experience, right. whatever that is. Yep. Climbing Kilimanjaro, surfing, babe, making a business, whatever, making a news press. Yeah. And it makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, isn't that why we all got into business was for freedom. Sure. So that we can go do stupid shit. Yeah. We can go experience everything in this big theme park we call planet earth. Yeah. Before guess what? The theme park closes, which would be your death. Yeah. And I'm not making light of death, you know, sure. um, like I said, Alan Watts, I really admire, but the fact is death is imminent. Right. And you know, the, the one that really, I think accelerated our need for, for wanting to scale 
was one, the time was right for us because we realized that we're finite. I mm -hmm. can only be on one stage at one time. I can work with X amount of clients a day. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's not leaving a legacy. That's a business. Right. We wanted a brand. Mm -hmm. A brand can run without Travis Fox. And this this company can run. If Travis sure. Fox leaves the planet today, this company can still run all by itself. It doesn't mm -hmm. need Travis Fox to do that. And I think a lot of us confuse our branding mm -hmm. with our business. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Wait a minute. Your social branding, for example, is not your business. Your, if you can't leave your business, and we all know this, you can't leave your business. It's not. A, it's not a brand. It's a job. Sure. You just happen to call it. And I think a lot of us have become really guilty of instead of being entrepreneurs, we're serial job holders. Mm -hmm. Yep. Difference because entrepreneurs like you, like myself, we love the process. Right. I love building. Sometimes it sucks and it's great, and there's times I bitch and I moan and I complain and I'm, what am I doing? I'm too old for this shit. I should just go sit on the beach and have a mai tai. What am I doing? <laughs> At the same time. I've tried retirement. I tried, I retired at 39. Guess what? I suck at retirement. Right. I'm terrible at it. Yeah. I was bitching and moaning and going, I'm looking for an adventure, sucking my thumb, throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah. Yet I have all the means to do it, but I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore. Sure. And I realized I wasn't on the adventure. Right. That's why we love movies, like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, because they're adventurous. They take us into fantasy realm where we can explore magic. We can explore, you know, what's it like to be the warrior, the archer, or the king? Mm -hmm. You know, what's it like to be the antagonist or the protagonist? And we get to explore all of us because then you get fundamentally down to, and we can go to the woo-woo for a second. Yes, that we're back to the theory of you are everything and nothing at the exact same time. Yeah. And at the end of the day, yeah. the same. No, you're, you're right? nailing it. And that's what and and you know it's funny I, I know we're coming up here with about five minutes left because i we could talk all day this is this is absolutely been wonderful and i'd love to do another follow-up with you on a, on a couple of key topics but what i was going to say what I, what I think is really interesting and i have to i have this challenge myself i think we all do but what would you you know i have to i said this a second ago too every now and then i'll get stuck in that rut of destination versus journey very siddhartha very herman hess like how do you find a way out of that yeah, great question. And it's it's going to boil down to two fundamental things that I'll, I'll kind of tip my hat for those of you who are ready to take the quest and download the app. It's really simple. Um, there's two things. One, if you fundamentally understand that fear is excitement without breathing. Mm -hmm. Now, that's going to sound woo-woo when you first hear it. But to your body physically and anatomically, the dopamine and adrenaline pop that you get from fear and excitement are identical. Mm -hmm. What is the difference is the breathing mech. When we're fearful and i.e. we're looking at the destination how am i going to get there what's it going to be like what do i need to do oh my god and we're in our wizard brain we stop breathing we literally mm -hmm. here's the problem your subconscious still is recording so you're programming yourself in that state that that adventure that you went on now becomes fearful and now it's compounding itself mm -hmm. so that's the first thing when you move into excitement by breathing, remember when you're when you're excited, you're breathing your ass off. Oh my god, that was amazing! You can't believe the creamer having a great time. Holy shit, that was amazing, way, bro. That was a. Oh, 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 oh. All right. right, you need to calm down. Why the hell do I want to calm down? This is an <laughs> this is what we're looking for. This is the experience, right? Totally. But that's what we do. We tell our kids, you need to calm down. Yeah. Why? Yell and scream your ass off, man. Go for it. Yeah. And but we do that because it's control. Because we mm -hmm. we don't know how to control excitement because we're taught that if we get too far out there, we're we're too intense. We're too excited. You know, I was, as a kid, I was, I was too passionate. I'm like too passionate compared to what? Right. How the, what the hell does that mean? Sure. And so my whole life has been like, okay, fine. If you say so you win, but I'm going to continue to do this because yeah. this is my adventure. And I'm self, you know, self-centered, narcissistic, or, you know, egocentric. It's just, it's, it's me. Yeah. It's my journey too. But two, then the next one is ask yourself fundamentally at any given moment. And I mean, any given moment, how can I make this 
but right now all of a sudden all four of your archetypes will show up your warrior wizard your bard and your jester will show up you'll analyze where is it not fun so now you know where it's not now you see the flaw then your warrior can go okay I can see how we can make this fun because this is going to be about passion. Then your bard says, oh, well, you know what? Let's, let's see how they're feeling and what emotion they're in and let's play with it. And then your jester goes, hey, man, it's all good. Relax. It's, mm-hmm. it's shamanistic. Chill out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a moment in time. And when you start looking at things from fun, even in the situation that you deal with, super intense, highly, you know, highly uh, um, uh, sensitive areas, securitizing, things that you need to deal with, which, you know, way above my pay grade, but I totally get it and grateful for it. You still can make it fun because yeah. it's an adventure. Oh, how yeah. do I find what this person's doing? How do I find them? Yeah. It's, isn't that a treasure hunt to find? Yeah, that, I mean, that's, really, how, I, that's how I recruit right now. They they come in because they get to play the superheroes. They get to go and hunt these guys down. It's it's the old, you know, good versus evil and, you know, hacker, hacker anti-hacker. And people are drawn to that, you know, right. and it's something you're hunting yeah. for. Tag, act, I mean, our yeah. entire film system, the film and television, built on that model. Sure. And I'm like, okay, guys. If you look at it, though, from an adventure versus consequence, mm-hmm. and I know there's consequences and there's crit- critiques that goes through that. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is fundamentally, thematically, in human dynamics, if you make that fun, you can make anything fun. Yeah. And if, why not? Because at the end of the day, and I know this sounds morbid, but let's just go there for 30 seconds, family. Everyone, no matter what path you arrive at through your narrative of your life, we're all going to arrive at that critical moment called death. Yeah. And you're going to leave the planet broken dead. End of discussion. Yep. There's no way around it. Death is not negotiable. Not taking it with and you. Ruthless. Yep. Nope. So, yep. how you choose to arrive is 100% within your bailiwick control. What the quest does is says, "Here's a, here's a blueprint. We're going to take you on this adventure, so you remember how to have adventure again." But you see results this fast. And when we did our beta testing. We tested in five countries around the world, all different cultures, all different language barriers, to confirm once again what thought what we knew, but to confirm it again. Human dynamics is the same. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what part you are on now the stories by which those dynamics arrive are in the ad infinitum it's yeah plethoras beyond the count but the thematics are always the same the basic human themes are always the same so if we can get to base plate first theme now we can work in this reverse fountain of youth model where it is truly creating feeling expressing whatever word fits your fancy to create mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be woo woo unless you want it to be woo woo yeah if it's woo woo be woo woo doesn't have to be asshole unless you want to be an asshole. Just understand that. Yeah. yeah just absolutely. be aware. Yeah. But more importantly, if I'm in the theme of fun, you can even make being an asshole fun. Sure. I know that sounds really odd. Right. Very much can. It's part of the right? it's part I mean, of the, the characters in these in these adventures. You have you have these these and you said the word actually I was looking for before, which is blueprint. I think that's a great one. People can understand that, and that's a big one that yeah. I think makes a lot of sense. But um, but Travis, thank you very very much for today. This has been incredibly illuminating and exciting, man. I, I tell you, I'm going to be taking a look at this. Um, before we go, how can people find what you have? I'm going to put it obviously in show notes here, but if you want to just verbally convey what it is, that'd be great. How do you, how do you get a sure. hold of you? You can obviously download the app on Apple and Google, the ultimate business quest, right? right. You type it in, you'll see it. You recognize the logo on my hat, or you can go to the ultimate business Take the archetypal quiz, see it. You get your samples of what it's like, what all of us talk about, see the adventure we're going to go on. Cause remember we're not experts, people. We don't claim to be right. We're quest masters. We've taken people through yeah. this quest. You're the guides. You're the Sherpas. It's your, it's your yeah. It's yeah. your quest, man. So have fun with it. Download the app. Join. And by the way, for those of you who say, well, it's going to cost a lot, it's $2.90 a month. The <laughs> maximum go. you can spend is 30, it's 36 bucks. Yeah. Knock it off. That's pretty awesome, man. Well, it's super, super Thanks, cool, man. man. Well, listen, let's do a follow-up on this one. So this will be the first of many and uh, looking okay. forward to, to what's next, man. We'll, we'll definitely be in touch. Cheers, man. Thanks. Uh, thank you. Take care. You got it.